But this is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 Welcome to another episode of Love, War, Challenges. I am MTV Malik. He is Tyler Louder. No Becky and Antonio today. They are taking the day off. You just got the A-team with Malik and Tyler. Just the boys. Boys day out. Tyler, how's it shaking, man? Uh, It's good, man. This is going to be fun without the two girls, you know. It'll be nice to kind of just like no drama and everything. (laughs) Oh, that's lightweight kind of foul. All right. I don't know why you did our mans in them like that. All good, though. All good. Today, we are going over the Duel 2, Episode 2. Ready to get it in? Yeah, let's do it, man. Sure. Anything we need to address before before jumping into the episode? It's getting to that time of year and the season that if you don't want to be spoiled, get off of social media quickly. Go or if you're going to stay on social media, go to all your hashtags and block all the hashtags that you don't want to see. So that way you're not spoiled by cast or anything. That's right. You're very big on uh, anti-spoilers. I used to be big on anti-spoilers, but I knew that if I was going to continuously be in this conversation on Twitter. It was probably going to happen, so I've just accepted it. Uh, but I do try my best not to spoil it too much for other people. So I try, you know, you know, when I see like gamers and them, um, you know, post up or Julian or any of them, you know, of course I want to give them likes and stuff, you know, love them to death. But you don't want to put that in the feed for other people to get fucked up. So you want to know what I do? I literally, I, I will, I will find one spoiler, and when I find the first spoiler. I go through and every person that comments on it, I I hide them from Twitter for the rest of my life. Every single person. And that's why you have 36 followers. That's okay, man. That's okay. <laughs> that's all good. Um, I do miss being surprised. I loved being surprised. I remember there was a time not knowing how this all was going to shake out. And it hasn't really been that way for me for the past three, four seasons. I mean, but- this season right here that we're covering is the perfect example of like, if you got spoiled, it, the finale would be ruined for you. Like it's yeah. drama all the way through, and it's a great season to not get spoiled. It is a great season. This is an amazing season. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. So we open up a, on a continuation from yesterday's episode. We already seen the guys have their elimination. Now it's the girls' turn, and it's going to be Siobhan versus Anissa. They are playing back off. Today, you girls are going to be playing back off. To begin, each player is going to be fitted with a harness with a hook located on her back. Now suspended on a chain, behind each player there's gonna be a ring. Your goal today is to retrieve the hook from your opponent's back and attach it to that ring. It's best two out of three. First player to do it twice will win today's duel. Receive this Slacker G2 personal radio player. Slacker G2 is the world's most advanced radio player. But most importantly, you're gonna stay in the game and still be going for the money. Loser goes home empty-handed. Got it? All right, let's go. The ladies circle each other and Anissa charges aggressively. Siobhan gets her hand behind her and gets rewarded by getting fully mounted by Anissa. 
The crowd alerts the ladies that both of their hooks fell off and are on the ground. I really don't know what's going on. All I know is that I see two hooks laying on the ground and Anissa and the boob girl just duking it out, not even going for rings. You're choking me! Siobhan gets choked a little and hangs on to Anissa, but she gets out and able to get the first point. Now, that first round was pretty fucking intense. It was more now, physical than we thought it would be. Did Siobhan impress you at all with, uh, with her ability to be physical and not being scared uh, initially going into this elimination? I mean, a little bit, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, she was completely downplaying herself on, like, not being a physical player and not wanting to fight. But there's, like, that switch that everybody in the world has that as soon as somebody starts fucking with you, like, you're just going to go right back at them. Yeah, I was definitely impressed. Of course, Anissa came through in the fashion that I thought she was going to come through. But Siobhan didn't disappoint, but she didn't do that great. I think that was more of a heart thing. Let's go ahead and jump into the second round. Second round starts off a bit slower. They circle more cautiously, but Anissa lays it down, grabs the ring, and gets clung onto by Siobhan. She also drops a ring, and they just start slapping each other. Right now, we're not even wrestling to win these rings. She's swinging her fist at me. I'm kicking her. We're literally brutally fighting. No hit. Ah! No punching. Ah! No punching. Ah! No punching. And then TJ steps in to get the girls to calm down. Anissa is able to pull away, get the dub, and then she gives Siobhan the shirt that she was clinging onto so hard. Well, you go, you're going home. I'll give a You're right. That's a great friend. Send her packing. Bye, Siobhan. You don't call me out. Sorry. Congratulations, Anissa. Now, second one definitely got spicy. There was some punching and some slapping. Now, normally, if you put your hands on somebody, you're going to be out. But I think because of the nature of this elimination, uh, they was able to go a little further than initial. I mean, when is the last time you seen TJ kind of just step into the ring? I mean, usually with a pole wrestler or something like that. And and this is kind of in the same vein. What did you make of the incredibly violent second round? I mean, this is kind of shows you where eliminations used to be versus where they are now. And I just, I mean, it was, it's entertaining. The biggest problem that I have with this is what I have a problem with every physical elimination is that everybody thinks that like it's only about the physical and nobody uses strategy in these. And like you'll see later on in the season and other seasons oh, yeah. too that like people are more strategic. Like even Hall Brawl. Hall Brawl isn't just about being stronger than the other person. There's strategy to that game. And the guys that just go with brute force tend to lose unless they are bigger than the Hall themselves. Absolutely. Um, I, I thought this was an absolute joy to watch. I didn't really need them slapping and punching each other, but when shit gets spicy, it makes for good TV. I mean, I'm pretty sure when that episode was out, they was running that clip over and over again. It's definitely going to be a draw. I like the way it played out. I, you know, I was watching it with wifey and I, and I said like, Hey, you remember Anissa, right? Like watch this. This is when Anissa was, you know, fresh and she didn't have the greatest elimination right now, but I consider this pretty much prime Anissa. Yeah, she was two and two going into this elimination, but she was still, I mean, relatively, I mean, she was 11 years younger than she is now. And we saw her winning an elimination now. So, yeah, she definitely kicked a lot of ass. I was like, pay attention because she's like, oh, Nisa, you know, she's a little bit out of shape. She may not be trying so hard. She may not be giving her best effort. 
And I was like, watch this. This is the Anissa that we've uh, grown up on. And this is why she's so respected now. Because if you just started watching around, you know, Final Reckoning, you're probably not too impressed by Anissa. No. But but Anissa has been here for a long time, has entertained her for a long time. And like, watch this. This is a reason to put respect on her name. Because this is the duel. This is one-on-one. Most of these are physical as fuck. So... That's that, I think it needs to set a good tone. That's actually a really good like little PSA for all challenge fans. Like it, if you ever get into something and it's very interesting and you like it and you see somebody that's like a veteran of the of the aspect, whatever the challenge is, you need to go back through and check them out. Because I guarantee not just Anissa, but like everybody that watched Veronica on Dirty 30 is like, why is this person here? No, go back and watch how she's a three time yeah. champion. Like she's a smart player. And used to player. run the game. Yeah. She's and a, everybody yeah. shook. Was a mean girl. She was a very powerful player. She had a and role and she wrong. played it. Yes. Veronica did. I mean, she pulled some power moves, but wasn't incredibly impressive on Dirty 30. But there's a reason why when she speaks, people still listen. Exactly. So at the end of the elimination, Siobhan, uh, Siobhan requests everybody to bring it in and send her off, you know, with some hugs. And that doesn't go well. She literally has to beg for hugs. So go ahead and say your goodbyes and send your time here in New Zealand. Take care. Come help me hugs. What the f***? I have to hug right here. Siobhan, don't bang other people's ex-boyfriends. And then you won't piss people off. Jen and Paula doesn't leave her hanging, but DM takes some enjoyment in seeing her go. Now, one, I, I thought that was pr- I thought that was pretty sad. <laughs> She's like, everybody bring it in, I'm out. And everybody's like, fuck you. And DM taking some joy and watching somebody else go. Now we all love DM. We all respect her. To her, she's one of my favorite people who never actually got to win one of these. And does this make you feel any differently about her? Seeing her being a little petty? I mean, DM, you know, since her passing has grown up to be a, a overall encompassing figure. As you know, one of the best things about reality TV. Yeah, somebody came in, was going through some stuff. Everybody loved her, and and she people when people think of her, they think of her very positively and very happy and spreading that around. But here she is on the deal too. It was just like, should I fuck my ex boyfriend? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's this was a period of time for DM. This wasn't her best. Like I don't know, it was weird. She was starting to feel like an established veteran. You know, and that's just kind of how she just she 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 took offense to things and she voiced it how she wanted to voice it, you know, and it's I I really don't think this puts like a negative light on DM. I just think this kind of is DM and it's like, don't do me dirty. Otherwise, I hate you forever. Like type thing. I would agree 100 percent because wife was just like, oh, wow, I thought she was always, you know, so sweet and bubbly. And I'm just like, to me, this is just DM being human, just showing that she's a normal human person with normal human emotions. And she reacted on those emotions. So, you know, I was quick to tell her, like, hey, this is her just being like regular. Like, of course, especially once people pass, we hold them up so high. But that's not the case. She was a normal person with normal emotions. Let's go ahead and move on. So Ryan and Robin are outside, cuddled up, talking shop, and we see how people feel about Robin. I've never wanted. Ryan and Psycho. I'm looking at her psycho, psycho. right now. Luna's your psycho. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. You're psycho. Robin plays this game very paranoid. And the last place you want to put yourself in with paranoia and anxiety issues is a challenge. Do you think this is a fair assessment 
of Robin at this point. I mean, she, at this point, this is her seventh season. She's been in three finals. She's only won in three in eliminations, but she's as an established as a vet as anybody else. So are th- is this a case of the girls clicking up, not liking her, or is, th- or is this an accurate portrayal of Robin as a competitor? It's pretty accurate, in my opinion. Like, she kind of <laughs> does this to herself, if we're being honest. And so it's just... I mean, it, it is what it is. She kind of goes off the hinges and, and she, she, I don't know. It's weird. She, she does this and then is surprised that people are like calling her crazy or anything. I think it's a fair assessment. There's some crazy shit. I yeah. believe that everybody on reality TV has certain levels of this. And being for the fact that this is edited and produced, they're going to grab these moments and they're going to magnify these moments. I go magnify the moments where you're just like, oh, I don't like the laces in these shoes. Let me retie these. You know, it's, if you're acting crazy, you're going to get camera time. Yeah. I, I do respect it a little bit more back then because I don't think that was a such a huge focus as it is now. People are more deliberate about it. Like, I'm going to do this because this is going to make sure I get a certain amount of time for this episode. For her, this is just Robin being Robin. I think that's one of the things that make it great. Oh, no, I was just going to add to that. I'm like, like you're not going to see people like in the kitchen like... Hey, I just made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, yeah, nobody it doesn't cares. make for great TV. It doesn't even make for a great fucking YouTube channel or IG story or Snapchat. So if it sucks on Snapchat, it's definitely going to suck on MTV. <laughs> Before we get into the daily, we see MJ and Brad having a conversation and MJ is talking about, you know, he got this child now and wants to get the money and do this and he has to succeed because he's a dad. When you start having kids and you can get any extra income, a hundred grand, it goes college fund, anything. That's gotta be hard for you, bro. I mean, you're used to seeing your baby girl's face every day and that's gotta just be such a motivator, dude. That's what it is, that's why I'm here. Yeah, for sure. Whenever you come to do a challenge, I think a lot of times it's the mental part that can be more taxing than the, the physical part. And now it's like, okay, let's really start pulling a strategy of like, here's the, here's the ultimate plan and, and really do the math. Like, all right, here's the people that want to be up in the end. Here's the only way for you to make that happen. I think that there is a little pecking order that's going on, but at the end of the day, as long as I get picked up, I'm not worried about it. And the only thing I took from that was like, oh, Brad is watching closely because he's going to employ the strategy when he comes back after cutthroat <laughs> about, oh, I'm a dad and I have kids. I have kids. And it actually took him pretty far. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so- sometimes, sometimes whenever you're playing these games, like you can say you have kids and it can be 100% genuine that like you miss your kids, which I'm sure it is. But it also is strategy. It's like, come on, man. I literally just had to like fly away from my kids. I'm leaving them alone. Let me stay here a little longer. Like I need to make money for, for, I need diapers. But he actually said this on the gauntlet three, two. He said the exact same thing as he jogged on that beach. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, How's it going? This is uh, Derek, Derek Kaczynski. So this is Paulie. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. Exactly. And you know what? That's part of the social aspect of the game and building those connections. Maybe you get a little bit more empathy if it becomes between this guy who you kind of talk to, you know, you got kids and some guy who you never even talked to in the house at all. And this is their first season. Who are you going to go with? I'll go with this guy. At least I talk to him a little bit. You got kids. Mm -hmm. Why not? 
lose an edge, a little bit of an edge. So let's go ahead and jump into the daily. The challengers arrive in the ice rink with blocks of ice lining the, the middle of the rink, and then TJ arrives. Today's elimination is going to be called. Today's challenge is freezing as puck. Right here in front of us, there's 12 giant blocks of ice. These are gonna be used as pucks. You're gonna be sending these pucks out there at those targets, trying to score as many points as possible. But first, you're gonna have to put yourselves into pairs. It's gonna be guy-girl pairs. Then you're gonna separate yourselves into two teams of six pairs. Then you're gonna have to decide which one of your players is gonna be sitting on the block of ice and which one of your players is gonna be pushing. So you're kinda of like the human pucks, human shuffleboard type. In order to DQ in this particular challenge, you have to touch the ice. So all you have to do to stay in is just sit Indian style on the ice and hold on. Cool. Yep. The winning team moves on to the second round. It's the same exact game, only this time you're gonna separate yourselves into two teams of three pairs. The winning team moves on to the final round. Final round is three pairs, every pair for themselves. At this point, I'm thinking this can't get any worse. And then TJ says it. Oh, one more thing. Guys, you're wearing Speedos. Girls, you're in bikinis. Oh my God. Now, this game, oh, I never forgot this daily. Like, forever. Because I don't know what it is. This daily is always stuck, stuck in my head. One, you got everybody in bikinis and Speedos. So this is a very, very hot daily. You know, being for the fact that it's actually very cold. But did, did this daily ever stick out to you like if i go back this is one of the first dailies that come to my mind i mean it's it I, it does kind of and it's it's big easy is one of the reasons because he like puts it on <laughs> and he goes he is i ain't afraid to wear it i mean i'm all taters but i ain't afraid to wear it like and it's just like i don't know i i think it's hilarious for me personally i i don't really care uh what they're wearing i i think that they've kind of slowly tried to move away from this a little bit and this is kind of like a comedic relief or this kind of shows the late 2000s of what the direction yeah. was for mtv got, got to show a little bit of skin sometime was the bikinis and speedos even necessary i mean they could have done this in regular clothes couldn't they i i think the if the idea was let's make them as cold as possible i get that but you could have just put them in like like a spandex like uh, you could have put them like a spandex cutoff and like spandex shorts is really what you could have done yeah it wasn't necessary but it did make for good tv so Evan decides immediately to put a team together and he grabs the strength. The, he grabs the uh, who he considers is the strongest guy. He calls him team success and everybody else is forced to call to a former team. Let's call them team misfits. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I, I think that's terrible. I don't know why MTV was doing this thing where they're like, all right, do whatever you want. We're just here to film like, no, that shouldn't happen. Like everything should have been random. Because otherwise you're just, you're setting this game up and this, we're going to talk about this a lot throughout the season, but you're setting this game up to where like alliances dominate and it's very predictable. And you know, that was a big thing about, you know, this season, uh, about these kind of seasons during this golden era of the challenge. It was all about the alliances. Who can you, uh, whose alliances can you crush? Whose alliances can you join? You better find an alliance because if you're on the outside of it, you're going to be in team misfits. So of course, Team Success gets the uh, the first win, and then they are forced to split. The thing that stuck out to me most is Robin's insane face when she is on the ice. That literally had me rolling the whole time. Did anything about the uh, 
anything about the first round to you uh, stick out to you? Anybody's performance? I know Mark got a really, really long throw in there. But to me, it's all about Robin's crazy face. Yeah, that kind of stood out where like she was. I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking. And like, it's it just like right there. Like if anybody was like, I don't know if Robin's that crazy. Just watch that right there. She literally all she has to do is just sit on the ice. And she is so I don't even know what to say. Just like is she focused? Is it, is it the game face? I'm not talking about when she's getting pushed. I'm talking about when like she's already done getting pushed and other people are getting pushed and she's like just like laughing or like <laughs> out of nowhere. Like it just maybe Robin really loves these challenges. She might. She might. And I, I I bet she does. I bet she has a passion for these things, especially during this time uh, where she was on. I mean, at this point, she was the biggest veteran here. Granted, Mark had been on the shows at a longer time period. But this was her seventh season. And that was more than anybody else outside of, I forget who else, but somebody else had a seventh. There was their seventh as well. All right. So the final four is going to come down to Landon and Britt and Mark and Rachel. I'm sorry. Uh, round three is going to come down to, uh, to three teams. Landon, Britt, Mark, Rachel, and Brad and Tori. Mark and Landon both, get, both land in the 10 zone. Brad barely makes the five. So for the final round, it's going to, for the final round, it's going to be Landon and Britt versus Mark and Rachel. Landon gets the win. I'm sorry. Landon comes to short and Mark and Rachel gets the win. So moving over to deliberations, Rachel wants to save Anissa and Mark wants Anissa to pick Landon. This way they give a break to Anissa who just performed in one and his, his alliance is safe. Now, now this is when things start getting hairy. Paula is put into a bad position because she butts heads with Evan about who they want to pick. And Isaac is starting to feel the heat because he's not in a strong alliance. I got people all pissed off now at me. Oh, I don't know the rest of the list. You fucking only spoke MJ yesterday ever picking him up. So no, 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 no. I've been told that everything's cool with me picking up MJ because Ryan and Deborah will get picked up after that. I'm getting asked to pick up MJ and I'm getting pushed further away from Ryan and Dunbar. I don't like where this is going. I've been out of this one. You know more than I do. No, I don't. People are telling me that I know more than they do, and everybody's getting mad at me. Right. I never asked for this position. All I am is in the middle. Somehow, some way, I became the godfather on this show. People are coming to me, wanting answers, and wanting votes. I have one vote. That vote is for Paula. That's all I can do. Same do I say. If you committed to saying MJ, that's what people are wrong with. Right. I'm just looking out to make sure that everybody in the rest of the list. No, because people are being weird because... Well, just settle down a second. You're not fired Yeah, up. but this is like, like not cool. I keep on telling people, there's very specific people that I came here with alliances and I want to keep it that way. Ruthie either say Ryan Dunbar and then they either say DM and DM says the other guy. Ryan also wants to get picked by Paula, but Paula's also close to Dunbar. She's feeling like she's getting pulled. Now, Evan, without Bananas or Kenny or Derek, is starting to feel the weight of responsibility of having to run an alliance, which is pretty much social management. How do you feel like, I mean, I know it's only the second episode, but how do you feel like up until this point, Evan has been doing with managing his alliance and alliance expectations? I don't think he does well. I think he's not a leader um, verbally. I think he can like physically do all the challenges. But I mean, if you look at all of his best seasons on the challenge, he has other people there that are better leaders. Even when he was dominating on fresh meat, he had Coral to do everything for him. He's just a muscle mm -hmm. man. He's on the ruins. Same thing. He's, he's guy number four on the ruins. 
he would have been guy number five had Darrell not gotten kicked out. Like he's he's just a guy that is a good friend of other people and he benefits by being friends with them. If he is by himself, you see how mentally like how hard this game is for him to digest and to take control of. Absolutely. He is a beast of a competitor, but he may not be the guy, you know, to lead an alliance. I mean, this kind of just fell in his lap. He wasn't there for the island, but everybody else, you know, everybody who's friends with people, you know, they tend to link together. They tend to form around the people who's, who's going to do well. Since Evan is a pretty good bet that he's going to perform well and he's in alliance with other people who perform well. That's who you want to link yourself to. And they all look to Evan for, for, you know, guidance and, and making sure this stuff gets done. And he, and he kind of just fell into this. I don't even think it's a role that he really wanted. I think he would have been more comfortable as a, as a lone wolf in this kind of situation, just battling everybody. But back to Paula, Paula's getting put into a tight position because she got who she wants to vote for and who the Alliance wants her to vote for. Knowing how Paula is between uh, Ryan and Dunbar and MJ and all of them, in your opinion, who should Paula pick? If we kind of go back a little bit before Paula makes her decision and everybody's talking and everything, a couple of things get said. MJ tells Paula that she needs to calm down. He just showed up yesterday. That's what's very interesting there. Second thing is Dunbar's just kind of like, whatever, if you pick me, I get it. If you don't, I'm not going to be mad at you. Okay, that's a good thing. Somebody's not going to be mad at you if you don't pick them. Hold on to that. Ryan says, if you do this order and MJ is last, he's going to pick me. And so she has to find a way to make sure that MJ isn't last. And that's the key right there. She has three routes. MJ says to relax. Ryan says, don't let MJ be last. And Dunbar says, whatever. And she literally has a a way to protect everything she needs to do. And she overthinks it. And this is right here, the problem that I said in last episode with how the duel two went versus the regular duel where it was like, all right, challenge is over. Pick your line. Now they debate about this and now they overthink about it. And that's when they get more drama. You know what though? I, you are 100% hit it on the head. The debating and the, the chaos and the politicizing. This is one of the things that make the game the game. Um, even though it is flawed, I absolutely love it. I mean, you got people scrambling. This is one of the, the aspects that was missing from this current season in total madness is that, you know, everybody wants to go in and, you know, everybody has to go in and if not, they get to kind of just skate by and either wait to get called out or just kind of let the game go to it. This put everybody into panic mode and makes everything chaotic and all of that stuff makes for good TV. All right, let's go ahead and get down to the voting. Mark and Rachel come up. And the order goes, um, Anissa Landon, Britt, Brad, Tori, Evan, Paula. And now we get down to Paula. See you another day. I guess I'll keep it in our team and go with Evan. <laughs> All right, Evan. I'm going to go with Paula. Uh, I got to be honest. I, I am nervous right now. This is a, a challenge where you can try to depend on other people, but it's a little nerve-wracking. Okay, Paula. Okay, Paula. I'm doing everything I can to make sure my real people are remaining. So I decided I have to do what's best for me. Dunbar. This should be a walk in the park and all of a sudden hits the fan. 
Paula has definitely made a bad decision, and I know that she knows that. You know, I'm in with the power players, and she's gonna have a big X on her. I trust Dunbar. I know that Dunbar would never stab me in the back, but I look around and there's a lot of shocked faces. I think I just put a huge bullseye right on my back. Paula decides to go rogue. She picks Dunbar and immediately lands on Evans and his alliance shitless. Uh, everyone is shook. Everyone is shocked. Dunbar goes DM, Ryan, Jan, Nehemiah, Brooke Davis, Kim, Derek, Katie, and Easy. So for the female side, it comes down to Ruthie and Robin. And Big Easy says Ruthie was the only one that asked him for his vote. And now Robin is going in. That right there shows you the power of being a, a good social player, but not overdoing it. And that's kind of the thing that I think Ruthie is successful with. She knows when to talk to people, but she's not going to go over and beg people like everybody. But she looked at Eric and was like, all right, Big Easy, you're kind of on the bottom here. Throw me a bone and I'll throw you a bone later. And like, that's just all it is, you know? And that's. Yeah, she probably did, did the least amount of politicking. But were you surprised at all that Ruthie was at the bottom? I mean, did she do no politicking? It looks like she was involved in some conversations. I mean, she still ended up pretty, pretty much at the bottom. I think she's a and threat. Ruthie's a vet vet. Oh, she is a threat. I think she's a threat and that's what it is. I think that there's a core of girls that are together and because of that, they are trying to weed out the stronger girls. I mean, we see, we see girls do this all the time, right? And every season we see the females go, I'm going to throw in the strongest girl every time. I don't care if they go up against somebody easy because I don't want to face them. And then you'll see the guys that are like, hold on, I need to pick my spot. I'm not going to go against a strong dude. I'm going to wait until it's, you know what I mean? It's money. It's an interesting strategy. And in, in this era, we saw that a lot. We see, I mean, on uh, what was it, the ruins? DM went into like the first elimination. Like people throw in, sorry if that's a spoiler to anybody, but. Um, they should know by now. But I'm just saying like, like back in the day, that would happen. Guys would kind of throw in somebody that's easier, whatever. Just let them battle. Let's make our money. Let's stay in longer. And girls are just like, are you really good at the challenge? You got to go. You got to go now. <laughs> and yeah. So. so Ruthie's going to turn around and pick Isaac. That is going to leave Robin and MJ. They are going into the duel. MJ predictably picks Ryan. He's smaller and he's gay, which back in the early 2000s was, you know, I'm going to beat him in an elimination, which is not true at all. But MJ stands next to Ryan and lets him know that this is all Paula's fault. It's Paula's fault that you're going in because I got picked last. I'm picking you to uh, so I can win. And it's Paula's fault. Do you think that's fair or foul? I mean, you're already going in, but you're kind of throwing the blame on Paula. There's a lot of other people who picked after Paula. I mean. Yeah, why don't you get mad at your real world castmate from Philadelphia, Landon? Like, why doesn't he have your back earlier? Like, if you yeah, if, like, exactly like if, if you're so good in this alliance, then your alliance would know to get everybody in. And if, if Paul is the wild card, which they knew she might have been going into this vote. Right. Okay, fine. Then Evan's the last guy called. So when he calls Paula, everybody in your alliance is already safe. So it's on their It's their fault for calling Evan before they called MJ. I think they just got the order wrong. If anything, put Paula in a position where she can hurt you less. You know, you got to right in the middle. Like, well, they, you they, know? they should have had Tori call MJ. Tori was just on the season with MJ for Gauntlet 3. Mm -hmm. They get along. 
MJ and Brad get along, plus it's part of the alliance. And then once that happens, then he can pick DM. And then once he picks DM, DM can pick Evan. Then Evan picks Paula. And then everybody's safe. Ish. They just got the order wrong. Because the thing about the order, it doesn't matter when you're picked as long as you're not picked last. So you know whose fault that is? It's Mark and Rachel's fault because they're at the mm. very top. They started this order. It's their fault. Exactly. They didn't have to make sure Anissa was picked first. They just had to make sure Anissa was picked. And I think that's where a lot of people didn't have figured out early on is that it doesn't matter if you're picked first, second, third, second to last, third to last. As long as you're not last, you're going to be okay. Exactly. So hopefully they get better at that. So MJ goes ahead and calls out Ryan and Robin goes ahead and calls out uh, Kimberly. Because, you know, Kimberly is kind of thin and undersized, thinking it's going to be good. Now, Robin's going in basically because she didn't participate in, in the, the political side of the game. What's the deal with that? Why would she not? I mean, she's already not the most like people know how she plays the game. They're already talking about her. I know she heard the girls calling her psycho and everything outside. Why would she not politic? Why would she not play the political side? Why would she not participate? And is this all her fault or what could she have done differently? What's your take? Well, here's the thing. She has, she has um, a negative relationship with Anissa, but I don't know. Maybe they got over that because I don't know. This is before rivals. So we don't actually see them pairing up yet, but I mean, that's a negative right there. She used to date Mark. They're not on good terms. That's a negative there. Well, Rachel is best friends kind of with Mark. So that's also, you know what I mean? So there's just too many negatives. So she really can't politic. But what she could have done is she could have played the like pity card, like the everybody feel bad for me card. And then just start like crying, saying everybody's making fun of her. This isn't Nobody fair. Nobody likes Robin crying. And then as soon as she starts crying, what's going to happen? Like, she's like, I don't know. Why everybody hates me. I'm just trying to be me. They might throw her a bone and be like, okay, you guys were really rude to her yesterday. We're not going to throw her into elimination today. And, you know, it, it seems like a, a cheeky like strategy, but it might work. It's better than doing nothing. So that's on her. You got to do better. If you're going to play the game, play the game to win. You got to be better at eliminations to be laid back and not give a shit. Exactly. Like CT is just like, hey, if somebody calls me out, I'm going there. I'm going to exactly. fuck them up. Don't exactly. say my name. Even Darrell, yeah. even Darrell, who's pretty good at like eliminations and one-on-ones, he will do everything in his power to not go into elimination that he feels confident about. Like it could be a boxing match and he'll be like, don't throw me in. Like <laughs> Exactly. Cause, cause they're dicey. Stay out of eliminations. That's the name of the game. Exactly. Unless you're on the last season. Actually that, that, uh, that, that might not be right because then again, Darrell might go into that boxing match like, for me saying that, yeah. but I'm just saying he's a smart guy. He knows he, to, he is a smart guy. Yeah. He doesn't play scared, but he plays smart, which is why he's won for these things. Oh man. For, for championships. That's fucking great. Darrell is the man. And, oh, I, you know, I'm not even going to speak on the current season, but yeah, Let's if you want to head on over one. to YouTube and check out our, our three Pete video and check that out. Talk about Darrell oh, yeah. there. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> <Absolutely>. plug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Check us out at uh, youtube.lwcpodcast.com. Check out some of the videos we made, some of the old episodes and the hit list. So let's go ahead and, um, all right. So at the end of voting, they got to pick the card who they're going in. Robin picks dual pole dancing. MJ picks pushover and things are not looking great for Ryan there. Back at the house, Paula and Evan are catching most of the blame. 
We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Paulie, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout-out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. Coming in late. I haven't had time to, to get in and see. Just, Everyone in my alliance is saying, Paula went rogue, Paula went AWOL, you need to cut her loose. So I'm supposed to protect someone my alliance no longer wants protected. It's a bad spot for me to be in. She's off the line, she's off the map. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously Paula's done. Evan plays damage control, but the Alliance, they want Paula out. She went rogue. Is this the appropriate punishment for going rogue during the vote, during the second episode? I get the concern because if this is going to be a habit, then it's cause for concern. It also shows that there's, there's, if there's a, if there's, it's a, it's a chain link. If there's a little bit of damage, that chain link, the whole thing breaks and it's not as strong anymore. So sometimes you just got to cut it off and, you know, refuse it somewhere else. But I, I don't know. It, it, it is a little harsh this early. But then again, when you have an alliance and you have something set, if you don't get it strong, it can break easy. Like, e- like midway through the season. You want this to last till the finale. Absolutely. I think I think you have to make her know she's fucked up and make make sure she knows that if she's not protected, she can get picked off. So I wouldn't see her going anybody's first pick for a long time and she might even find herself into a duel although maybe not intentionally they might just like let it happen and not protect her and if she's gone then you lose one more loose cannon because you can't counter on your side right now with these alliances if they're not solid as oak if there's one you know just one weak link it can break up i mean because even though this one sucked and mj went in it could have went way worse and for evan and them side mj is a strong competitor well, like I was saying, though, this starts at the top. So as much as they want to, like, be mad at at one of their soldiers, like their captains and generals, whatever war military term I'm using, like the people at the top have to be responsible for this. If they do a better job at holding the list, you can still keep Paula in, which keeps Evan in, which makes Paula feel better. But you just got to have she has to be the last person in your alliance called. Exactly. Now, I had a, a something that I wish the only way this season, I think, would have been better well, two ways. One, I really want to know how like CT would have been involved in this whole voting system because he would, yeah. have, if l- let's say this was one year earlier or one year later, him and DM are good. Like, how does he get worked in? Because like DM's cool with all the guys that hate CT, but like they got to protect him because otherwise he'll fuck him up in an elimination. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? He goes into, and if you don't win the elimination, he goes into a duel. He's going to remember the people he don't like. And he'll call out anybody. Th- exactly. Anybody. You, th- you think in a game like Pushover, he's going to be afraid to call out an Evan or a Mark? No. No, he'll work no. on it. Now, Back what up I off think... Me? Oh, shit. What I think, too, is like... What I like about that is that he's not one of those guys that falls into this. And I understand. Everybody right now in the challenge community, fans, you love Mark right now because of what he's doing from OGs. I get it. However, CT has never fallen into that, like starstruck oh it's mark i can't touch him on like ever he's safe for the whole oh, show he'll touch him 
Yeah, he's not he's not afraid of that. He like you you see an Exus uh that he's not afraid to throw Mark into elimination. Now, the other way, if I, I know this is like fan service type stuff, but like the way this would have been better is if uh TJ would have said, All right, you can either pick the elimination or you can pick who you go against. And then what mm. happens is if you choose to pick who you go against, they get to pick the elimination. And then if you pick the elimination, it's drawn at random who goes in. That's I think that would have been more fun for this. Just because, like, think about it. Like, I'm not uh, a big fan of the random stuff. I, I think the kill card uh, back during like free agents and stuff was kind of okay, and I w- and I didn't really have a big problem with the um, the double X's. I thought that was kind of okay, but just like draw names in a hat, it's it's dicey. They get, they, you have to limit the pool some. I mean, you can't put you know twenty people getting. You, you could know, just tell the the random. winners the winners get to save two people. But my thought process is MJ got the matchup he wanted and the game he wanted. That's not fair to Ryan. Ryan didn't get picked last. Ryan wasn't the loser of today. MJ was. And he got the elimination everything. was random. It was on a random card. He could have got the elevator. But what I, my point is to that is like if, M, if MJ wanted to go against Ryan, the equalizer should have been Ryan gets to pick the elimination. That's how I think that would have been more balanced. It, just in my eyes. That way it's equal. Yeah. And and these games could use a little bit of balance because we've seen, you know, you know, Jasmine versus Laurel. And it, like, yeah, there, there can be some balances, but at sometimes you got to go against something bigger, something worse, or maybe something you're not great at. Let's go ahead and move into the eliminations. This should be a good one. So the first one is going to be dual pole dancing. It's the ladies. It's going to be Ken versus Robin. All right, welcome everybody to the duel. All right, Robin, Kim, today you guys are playing dual pole dance. As you can see at the center of the duel, there's a giant climbing pole. Today, your goal is to make it to the top of that pole first. Dual pole dance is basically just one cylinder in the middle of the duel, and it's kind of like a rock climbing wall. Each person is going to start on opposing sides of the cylinder, and you have to make your way to the top and ring the bell. It's real simple, however, there is one catch. Some of the same footholds and handholds that you're using might be needed by your opponent. This gives you an opportunity to knock your opponent off the pole which makes it a lot easier for yourself to get to the top. First person to ring the bell at the top will win today's duel, remain in the game, and also receive these Beats by Dr. Dre headphones. Hear what you've been missing with Beats by Dr. Dre high-definition headphones. Kim starts. Kim gets an early start, and Robin starts struggling. It's, it's like she's not very good at rock climbing. Kim slips, and Robin decides to get a little bit physical, start prying at her hands, but when it all comes down to it, Robin doesn't have the, she doesn't have the stamina. She doesn't have the rock climbing skills. She's not able to get it done. Kimberly gets a win. Did this surprise you at all? I mean, kind of, because Kim is, seems very timid and I don't know. She just doesn't seem like this is her type of thing to come in and just be in your face, go get her type thing. Like she almost looked like the typical rookie that is there for an extra vacation type thing. And she showed that she's more athletic and she is somebody that you shouldn't just assume you're going to beat, which is what I think Robin did. Uh, I think so too. I think Robin made uh, a very bad move. I think on surface, it looks great. She doesn't have a lot of meat on the bones, kind of looks frail, a little timid, not doing the most to get camera time. Sure. Easy takeout. I just beat her in whatever it is probably hoping it's something like back up off me or push over or maybe something a little bit more strategic that she wouldn't have a whole bunch of um whole bunch of experience with but i think she slept on robin and i think robin 
has a level of athleticism that hasn't really been showcased at this point. And so I think her athleticism just really took over and showed Robin what time it is. And now Robin's going home to a rookie that everybody thought that she would be able to beat in just about anything. She picked the wrong rookie, though. Like, really, she should have picked, or the thing is, not a rookie, rookie. this is her second season, but Brooke. She should have picked Brooke. Brooke was clearly the weakest girl there. And that's what blows my mind about this whole thing, because Kim, while we said doesn't seem like she's rah-rah and everything, ready to go, she's clearly in more physical shape than Brooke. Clearly. Clearly, yeah. So I think you're definitely right on that one. Let's go ahead and get to the guys. MJ versus Ryan. They're playing pushover. Have you ever heard the story of like the boot meets the ant? Uh, that's all this was, man. I don't even know the story, but it's just like, that's, that's, the, yeah. that's the idea here. It's just, it's easy stepping. Like that's. Yeah, this is going to be best two out of three. Something tells me we're not going to need three. MJ, Ryan, today you guys are playing pushover. Here at the center of the duel, there's a platform. You guys are each going to start behind your starting lines. Then when I say go, your goal using those pads is to push your opponent off the platform. First person to push their opponent off the platform twice, win today's duel, receive these Beats by Dr. Dre headphones. But more importantly, you'll remain in the game, still be going after the big money. Loser goes home empty-handed. I've taken some hits before, and I'm just kind of hoping to take his blows and throw him off balance and then hit him when he's not expecting it. Real simple, don't overthink it, just get it done. Let's go. MJ charges hard, uh, but Ryan gets low. He gets low and decides to go with the strategy of absorbing as much punishment as as humanly possible until you can't take any more. MJ keeps pounding until Ryan falls off and (laughs) Ryan hops off and apologizes. Sorry, guys. Like, what are you apologizing for? Dude, it's a fucking elimination. Um, But I think that kind of speaks to Ryan being a uh, overall, you know, pretty decent guy. Like, you know. He's the drama and stuff that he's involved in is he's mostly an outlier. He's not really the cause of it. And he's usually trying to calm. So you find him in between a lot of people instead of being the focus of a lot of drama. So for the second Ryan's round, a lot better than people give credit for. He is a lot, a lot better. better than people give credit he, for. He is uh, a little bit more respect should be uh, thrown on his name. So let's go ahead and move on to round two. Ryan comes out more aggressive, but he gets knocked in his ass. He gets a, uh, he gets overpowered pretty easy and he loses this one, but he didn't give up and he tried hard. He showed up, but what, what was he going to do? What was he going to do? This wasn't a fair matchup from jump. He was never going to win this. The only thing, the only thing he could have done, but he wouldn't be able to do it multiple times is kind of what we just saw with like Jordan and Josh with like that little rope pull they had right. uh, the previous season on World War II where essentially you force the guy thinking they have it. And when they put in too much force, they throw themselves off balance. So really the only thing that he could have done was kind of sidestepped and hope that MJ fell off before he did. Cause that's all it would have been. As soon as MJ bull rushes, if you kind of sidestep and hit him on like an angle, he might fall off just because he's at full force, but it's risky. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me looking at it, his best plan of attack would have to be something like a parry. He's coming in hard and you're somehow using that energy against him. Mm-hmm. But if you've never been in boxing or some type of combat sport, you might not really have access to how to successfully pull that off. Um, 
and the the thing about it is MJ also played a good. He did come in hard. He did come in aggressive, but he didn't overshoot it too much either. You know, he had his feet planted down. He was uh he was squatting into it. So he wasn't overextending himself too much. I think the way that MJ played it, the chances of 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 Ryan getting this off was going to be very very low. I mean, it's you know, just Here's a, here's a question up. for you. Something that I've always wondered, you know, we don't ever see like in all professional sports, we always see guys like tearing tendons and ACL tears and stuff like that, you know, but we never see that in the challenge. What if in this elimination type style, but we've never seen somebody like blow out their knee mid elimination. Like what if Ryan gets low and chop blocks him and MJ is unable to continue, but like he's up one, you know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Like, do they just like unable to continue somebody probably got to quit. And also, yeah, you probably have to forfeit because you wouldn't want Ryan trying to smack off somebody who has like a torn MCL or something like that. The reason why I don't believe we see these kind I mean, of injuries. I mean, they threw Jay in with a concussion and were like, all right, man, go. Ag- or uh, Yeah, Jay. It was like, all right, go again against Rogan. You that, don't know who you are. <laughs> that wasn't the that wasn't the greatest. I also think that he may have been hamming it up a little bit. But even then. What what we know now, we you just can't play around with those kind of things anymore. Somebody's concussion like uh, symptoms, you gotta pull them out. There's no second guessing. There's no BS. You pull them out, and they gotta forfeit because you don't want somebody going in that may be injured and and make it worse. Uh, but the point I was making earlier is that the the reason why I don't believe we see these kind of injuries in the challenge is because the overall workload is a lot lower. You know, they're not doing this every day for 160 games out out of the season you know this is a couple of months of hard work so they're not having that that overall wear and tear that professional athletes have even though i think that the challenge and i hope can go through a transformation that might put it a little bit more mainstream but it's a reality show first as i say the only way for it to really go mainstream is it would have to be a legit season like it would have to be every year around this time is the spring and every time around this year is the fall, like where they have two seasons a year. That's what, right. that's the only way that this can get legitimized. That's it. And also clear rules. You got to show the times you, um, yeah, you got to show the times. You also have to probably delve out a little bit more equal time. It would probably have to be something that's on like twice a week. And, um, most importantly, the clear rules that the audience can understand. Cause sometimes we don't know everything, but, that's that's what's keeping them back. They get, they're going to stay a reality a reality TV show first. So back at the house, Evan lets Paula know that she's on the shit list and like she's going to have to pretty much prove to get her way back into the alliance. The alliance, and I love the way they filmed this. You know, to talk. You know, because uh, Evan mentions you know a, a house of cards, and then cuts the landing building a house of cards, and Landon and Brad start talking about is. Is Evan trustworthy because Evan is tied to Paula? Do you think at any point this season, uh, you know, up until this point, do you think that there's a point where Evan might just flat out drop Paula? I mean, it sounds like it. It's here's the thing. What do we know about Paula? Sorry if you're a big fan, but she surrounds herself with scums and guys that will stab her in the back over and over guys that repeatedly will say on different seasons in the future i never stab any of my friends in the back i'm always loyal to my friends let's rewind 
stab, 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 stab. But it's cool. Paul and I are cool now. But that's that's the truth. Even Kenny, who apologizes to her after the island, and apparently they made up, didn't defend her at all when it came to making money. And I think mm. that's the same thing with Evan. Evan will be like, I'm your friend. Let's have dinner together. It's the challenge, though. I'm making money. And it's I, I think I think ties will be cut way easier. If you're watching this sh- season like brand new, there's better chances ties get cut than everything gets fixed. I would agree 100 percent. 100 percent. Well, that's going to do it for episode two, season 17. The dual two, one hell of an episode. What was the best part? What is the best part of this episode that stuck out to you? Um, I think the best part was actually the drama and like the the unknowing of the order of the list. As soon as Paula got called upon and then all of a sudden she made the call and Evan goes, you fucked up. And she goes, I know. Like That's, <laughs> that's the best part right there. I know. I, I 100% agree with you. Paula going rogue definitely made this episode. There was already a lot of drama going in. And actually, I really, even though the voting is flawed, I love the scramble. The scramble is one of my favorite parts of the show. It's one of the things I felt was missing the most from this current season. Gotta have that scramble because people start getting desperate. Deals start getting made. And those deals at some point, at some point is going to get blown up. And these are the things that, that are embedded into the show and make the show great. And when you don't have it, that's why you get a lot of old school people who used to watch the show like, oh, I'm not really feeling this season, da, da, da. Because we're missing the, some of the main things that drawn us to it. Uh, and Paula definitely gets my episode MVP for going rogue. She, she made her own choice. She made up her mind and she's dealing with the consequences. Got to respect that. I agree. I, I'm not going to disagree with anything you said there. I a hundred percent on board with what you said. It's because I'm always right. Mm, you've been around me a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You, you rubbing off for me. Well, we're not going to hold you for too much longer. That's going to do it for us. We're going to be back next week, Sunday. Make sure you check out our Twitter and you will be able to see episode three. That way you're able to keep up with us this whole time. Make sure you follow me at Malik underscore MTV on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow Tyler Louder at Lord Louder on Twitter and Instagram. Is it the same on Twitter and Instagram? And Instagram. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Make sure you follow Lord Louder. Uh, hopefully we'll have Becky and Bananas back with us but you know this is alright <laughs> yeah this is fun I mean the, the hit yeah, list is always fun <laughs> always always uh, make sure you check out lwcpodcast.com make sure you follow us on YouTube at youtube.lwcpodcast.com make sure you check out shopthechallenge.com we have the dual t-shirts and we have all of your custom needs for all of your challenge stuff that's skateboards t-shirts face masks anything you need challenge related reach out to me or go ahead and head to the website shopthechallenge.com tyler you have anything to plug i know you got the uh i know you got the uh uh second and long podcast did i get that right second and short second and short second and short i did listen to the last episode with you guys talking about the raiders so actually one of my new favorites make sure you get to plug that yeah, yeah. Check us. Check me out. Uh, Second and short podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on YouTube. Is where all of our content is as well. We're also on. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can get it. Just click click my Twitter handle, and you can see everything I do. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Once again, I am MTV Malik. He is Tyler Louder. 
This is Yup Love War Challenges. Good night, guys. See you.